Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Just Ball Things. If you're catching us on the podcast, remember to give us a rating and review. And now, on with the show. Shut up and sit down. Good morning, afternoon, or evening from wherever you're listening across the world. Welcome to another episode of Just Ball Things. With me today... In the virtual land of Google Hangouts, we have the J-Man himself, Jack Manuel. How are we, buddy? That's me, mate. I am very well. It's good to see you wearing a Washington Wizards hoodie, as mm-hmm. you would be. I mean, it's better than you wearing nothing when I'm at your house. So, yeah, <laughs> it's sort of like a better atmosphere. Well, I fired up the video chat. You haven't given me the same level of uh, satisfaction, but that's fine. Um, I'll, I'm uh, here. I'm on video chat. Can't you see me? I can't see you. I, all I can see is the is the JBT podcast logo. The, oh. uh, yeah. So I'll put I'll chuck it on. You know, it's it's a great graphic. It's a great graphic made by Chaz Watts. Uh, so you know, it's 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 pretty good. But uh, I want to see I want to see your beautiful face, your lovely oh. locks. In you still new, can't see me? In your work setup? No, I can't see you. We probably should have troubleshooted this uh, well before oh, the well. podcast has started. Who but, cares? Uh, that's, that's fine. That's fine. You can see me. I'm wearing a shirt. I'm wearing pants as well. I don't have to be, but I thought I'd throw <laughs> that nugget of information in there as well. Uh, pants are being worn. Yeah. Um, yeah, my name is Nick Busink and I'm, uh, I'm wearing pants, which is, uh, <laughs> which is indeed a random fact. Uh, Jackie boy, it has been, has it been a busy, uh, it has it been a busy uh, week in the NBA? I feel like it has. There's been a lot of basketball talk, yeah, given the, given the documentary series that, have, that has come up uh, last week. So I do feel like it has been a busy, uh, busy week. Basketball has been on the tongues of many, uh, which is great. Uh, it's great to see the basketball back into, I guess, the limelight. It's always in the limelight in our lives. But uh, in a bit of a global setting now with this uh, with this doco, but we've got some uh, some housekeeping things to get through. Uh, you can contact us uh, on Twitter at the JmanJBT or at JBT Nick. We are also closely affiliated with OTG Basketball. Jack, I need a follow account for my own personal. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think I gained one. I, I got the notification Ooh. for one, but I then I, I subsequently don't get notifications for any lost. So uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a gamble right now. All right, I'll, uh, talk, I'll look. Uh, they've, uh, OTG Basketball, we are closely affiliated with. We've got an awesome podcast network and news website. We can keep up to date with all things NBA. Make sure you give them a follow on Twitter as well, at OTG Basketball. Facebook.com slash JustBallThings. Uh, give us a like and a follow there and gbtpodcast at gmail.com. You can email us in anything you'd like to see, hear, or do uh, in this isolation period. Jackie boy, follow account. Yeah. 69. Nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> we got one. <laughs> we got one. So my, I like uh, it. 
my uh, hunch was correct. Uh, we are the road to seventy is on, Jack, and it's, I have I done absolutely nothing for it. It's just natural charisma. Um, since february 18 apparently <laughs> it's just it's natural charisma people like my profile pic you know i'm a little bio uh, and that's about the only thing that is eye grabbing on that page you can really scroll through some of my tweets it's a great archive of some uh, very funny observations and a lot of retweets because i'm a lazy twitter <laughs> lazy. yes you are the, re- the retweet is the ultimate lazy man's you know thing true because, yeah, anyway. Um, start, let's start here, mate. The BMS Go. scale, abusing Manuel scale. For those of you who are new, this is a JBT created scale that sums up how likely things are to happen in the MVA. We scale it on alternative fact, Twitter fact, Wikipedia fact, or just a straight up factorino. The decision to open practice facilities for some NBA teams is an unfair advantage to players in certain markets. Uh, we The news came out today. Today, was yep. it? Yep. Yep. Um, that uh, the NBA is to open practice facilities in cities where the uh, where the coronavirus restrictions have been loosened. Uh, Jackie boy, uh, yes. what have what have you got for us on this one? So for me, Nick, I I'm pretty close to a straight up fact for this mm. one because uh, I saw my boy, former Net and current Laker Jared Dudley, tweeting about the fact that you know it's literally. States and cities like Los Angeles, New York, so you know, two teams there where it's unlikely that those restrictions will be lifted. Whereas in a place like Georgia, so a team like Atlanta is going to benefit from it. But obviously, Atlanta aren't going to be in the playoffs. But there, it's because, like it is here in Australia and like it is around most worlds, it is a state by state basis. So teams apparently are going to be prohibited from holding group workouts or organized team activities. Uh, sources did tell Woj. It was nice to see a little bit of a bomb from him, but it's going to be interesting because how these restrictions are loosened uh, across different states, you know, I, I think it's a, a, a political thing in a lot of ways that that's going to influence you know, the how certain teams are going to, you know, the Lakers, obviously, we talk about teams that are most likely to, to win a chip. You know, Lakers, Milwaukee, uh, Clippers... Are these teams and are their states going to have the restrictions loosened? You know, the social distancing sort of loosened. Are they going to allow gyms and stuff to open? And it directly benefits those players. It directly benefits anyone or even players who are living in those areas. So a player who is living in Georgia, you know, is more likely to be in better conditioning if the NBA were to come back. And obviously this is going to happen in May, so it's still got about a week or so. It's an absolute shit show in America, and sorry to any American fans who might be offended by that, but it is. And, I mean, I, I can't help but feel on Jared Dudley and my boy Wilson Chandler, current Brooklyn Net as well, on their side, because they're going to be two steps back from guys who have access to a basketball court, to yeah. where they can run, to where they can lift some weights if they don't have access to that, because especially for these older players like Wilson Chandler and Jared Dudley, they need the conditioning more than any other. Chris Paul said earlier in the week that plays in at least three to four weeks of prep time. Obviously, he's the head of the Players Association. LeBron James has made that comment known, as I've said on previous episodes. So for me, Nick, um, I think there has to be some sort of balance here, and I think the NBA has to be wary of that. It's uh, it's sort of a hard thing to police if you're if you're trying to if you're trying to get things back to the way that they were. Uh, even progressively, like this on the surface seems like a great, uh, I guess, milestone in the coronavirus fight. 
uh, in that obviously some states are loosening their restrictions. And then that means that we may be closer to a start date for the NBA. And this may be phase one of that, uh, opening up gyms to those who can. Uh, But you're right. The implication of this is that uh, teams, I mean... It can affect anyone in the standings, not just the not just your playoff picture. Um, how teams rebound back, even if you're not in this um, uh, in the playoffs, can significantly affect what happens next season. Draft placements, obviously, those in the lower half don't exactly want to play well, um, but uh, those who didn't have the restrictions lifted are probably more likely to fall in the standings, get a better draft pick. Blah blah blah. blah. Um, it affects all thirty teams. Uh, obviously, it's easy to look at the teams that are at the top. And really, it's just two cities. It's it's two cities, Jack. It's Milwaukee. Yeah. It's LA. Uh, those two states, cities, you know, American geography is not my strong suit. Um, going, to, uh, going to be lifted. Um, I mean, LA, I, 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 it seems unlikely for LA. It seems uh, very unlikely for them, and and I think that's where this is sort of stemmed from. Big cities like New York as well, like in the limelight, uh, a lot of media attention, and it's it. I mean, to go back to my previous point, it's got to be so hard to police if um, states and cities do start lifting their restrictions. There's nothing the NBA can do to stop these players from. It doesn't have to be maybe training facilities don't have to be open, but they could just con- they can congregate anywhere because because yeah. they have been lifted, uh, and it's it, it's sort of a bit of a luck of the draw in in that respect. Um, is not opening the training facilities really going to stop players from from meeting together? You know, um, if. If you live in, if, if you're a team whose state has lifted some some of the restrictions, then even if training facilities aren't open, there's going to be someone's house who has a uh, who has a basketball court in that. Uh, yeah, you know, like it's it, it's so hard to say no, you can't do this for the fairness of the league. I don't know how you approach that though. Like maybe closing, maybe keeping all the practice facilities will be a deterrent for some. But it won't be because these guys are million millionaires and have the means of practicing basketball together. Yeah, and and that's in the article as well, Nick. About some players upon hearing this news asked their GMs, "Can I travel to Atlanta? Yeah, can I travel to Atlanta I, to access, access their facilities?" Well, and, I don't know how you how you do that though, because all, tra- exactly. all travel bans have been like travel bans would still be in in place. This seems like more of a political thing. Yeah, uh, it's it's so damn confusing, Nick. Because I I would be traveling. I would be traveling. If I was LeBron James, I would be 100% traveling to a state that has lifted these things, getting some, you know, essentially preseason games in. Well, I think it's not. I think it's not really like a LeBron James that you have to speak about, Nick. It's probably like the guy who is like a a Pat Connaughton or <laughs> you know a Wesley Matthews. Guys who won't have that access, and guys who live in condos. You know, there's you know I That's actually fair. did read that guys like George Hill and you know players that live in those sort of condominiums and those mm. large clusters of of buildings where you can't really you don't have a backyard. You, know, you don't yeah. have a basketball court. You don't have a basketball ring, let alone. So I mm. think that it, it's something that. 
I, I expect us to probably, you know, talk about it again on probably next week's, next week's episode. But, you know, something that we're going to get to, Nick, and the episodes are, are bumping out. Three and four are coming out very soon. By the mm. time this is out there, episode three and four will likely be available to American listeners uh, at the very least. But, Nick, The Last Dance, Michael Jordan's documentary, <laughs> is the best sports doco of all time. <laughs> Uh, I mean, until the LeBron James story comes out. That's no! <laughs> there it is. Uh, nah, I mean, it's it's good. It's so good. It is well shot. Yep. It is. It's just well made, and this isn't like he he could literally be putting any story in here. Like it's more grabbing to us because it is, you know, it is one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest player of all time. Um, and it, that, like that is grabbing to us, but it is just a, such a well-made documentary. Like one of the, one of the nice nuanced things that I liked mm-hmm. in this, uh, in this doco was yeah. there is that, that, they are evenly handing Jerry Krause's um, involvement in this thing. Obviously, it started pretty negative, but then yeah. you had a lot of. I think um, who's the center? That that white guy is it Williamson? Bill um, Cartwright, Luke. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it was uh, Cartwright. I can't remember his name, but um, he was saying how you know um, Krause was an like a, a nice guy. Um, like if if you met him, if you've been obviously if he was around kids and all that. Um, you know that people have sung his praises for for making the trades for Rodman and and for Pippen, and I, I completely agree with that. Um, we'll get to that, Nick. Don't yeah. worry, we'll oh, get sorry. to that. Anyway, yeah, we will. Um, but yeah, one of the nice nuances was that you could be on either side of Jerry Krause's. Um, True. Uh, on, on either side, I guess, yeah. of that of that debacle. So you can they've they've played it really nicely. It's like you can see where Jerry Krause is coming from. You can see where Scottie Pippen's coming from. Where MJ's coming from. They've they've done it really well to play both sides. Uh, whereas I think at the end of episode, I think that happened in episode two because in episode one, I was just like, okay, they're painting the bad guy right now. Like yeah, this is exactly. the guy everyone's rooting against. And then in, I think it was in episode two, it was just like, oh, you know, it wasn't so bad. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that uh, it's. It's just a well-told story so far, and we're only two episodes in. You know, what was fifty minutes? Fifty minutes each, hour forty of yeah. worth of uh, viewing, and it's great. It's just, it's very good. And talk is, you know, that the, the next eight episodes, the first two episodes are by far the worst episodes, and they oh, were wow. of the highest ilk. You know, mm. obviously we're going to be getting like Dennis Rodman's side of it really soon, which is bound to be nothing mm. but you know non-stop thrills and entertaining. For me, like you mentioned, Nick, the, the way it was told, the way it was edited, mm-hmm. the music used throughout, as a documentary, and you know, documentaries are, are now like all the rage. They are money-making machines. You look at Netflix, and obviously it is on through Netflix in Australia through, via mm-hmm. ESPN, uh, ESPN Studios. It is just a tremendously well-told story by the director. Mm-hmm. You know, all the film that is spliced together, the way that they go back and they sort of jump back in time, they go forward in time, just to give yeah, us the full I, picture. I really do like. I really do like that. They've got that timeline jumping up and forward. Be like, here, here's where we were in, you know, in the in the fourth in the you know fourth game day of of the '99 season. Yeah. Uh, or, well, sorry, when was it? The fucking uh, anyway. 1998. Yeah, yeah, 80, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's right. Yeah. Um, 
And then it's like, well, how did we get to this point? And then it goes back to like when he was good and, and, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, I thought that was, re- it's, it's just really well made. Um, and it, it, it just blows the previous MJ um, documentary out of the water. Like, I remember watching, I remember watching it with you at your yeah. house. Because yep. um, you were doing some uh, research on a um, on an MJ article, and it's like, oh, come come around, we'll watch some M- M- MJ documentary, some videos. I was like, sweet, sounds good. I didn't really like that for Doco. Like it was all right, but then yeah. I was thinking maybe I'm not a huge fan of documentaries because I didn't really like uh, Making a Murderer. I watched okay. maybe four episodes of that. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really getting into it. Um, I've Thirty for Thirties are, are sort of different though. Um, I feel like documentaries can drag on uh, along a, a, right. a lot. And then when I saw 50-minute episodes of Last Dance, I was like, oh, no, I hope I don't hate this because I just I, I haven't really gotten into the documentaries. I don't like Tiger King, for example. It's, just, it's, it's, it's an unpopular opinion, Jackie boy. But, <laughs> Joe Exotic, uh, mate. <laughs> free Joe, free Joe. Carol Baskin should be in jail, mate. <laughs> I can appreciate the memes, though. That's, a, that's <laughs> the main part. Um, but, yeah, never, never quite got into it. But then watching this, I started watching another sports documentary and I don't know, like I've watched one episode of it, so it's, it's super early days, but I, I started to watch Sunderland Till I Die, which is an... Um, oh yeah, Netflix one. Yeah, yeah. Netflix one. Um, I don't know, I, I finished watching those two episodes in one night and then I was just like, you know what, let's keep this train going. So I started watching Sunderland Till I Die. It was good. The first episode, they were a very passionate supporter base, but that's not the point. Point is... I was not really a fan of sports documentaries and this has, I guess, changed my mind because it is so well made. And that's, you know, I'm seeing a lot of debates between LeBron and Jordan. I'm just like, sit back and enjoy it, mate. Just, uh, I I, I need to, it's more advice to myself, I think, because I I watch this documentary and every instance that happens, I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking about LeBron. Which yeah. is a bit of a, I guess it's a bit of a um, insecurity of, or maybe, you know, like who's the greatest of all time. And Jordan fans, it happens the same thing. You know, when, when LeBron uh, came back and, you know, the whole GOAT debate and people get insecure about, you know, is it true? Is it, is it not? Um, but I need to actively tell myself, it's like, don't compare, just watch it, enjoy it. And I am certainly enjoying it. That's for sure. Uh- Damn straight. And uh, before we do move on, the two notes to sort of finish on. Uh, mm. my, we watched it with Deba. Mum has officially declared uh, Michael Jordan the GOAT. So hey, debate over. Deba. <laughs> debate over from Deborino. <laughs> and Michael Jordan choosing to finally release this footage and release this documentary and get it going was the decision was made upon LeBron James winning the 2016 final. Yeah, Probably mean, the greatest finals win yeah, in NBA history. So I love it. I love all of it, it's Nick. The game. I it's game. I think I mentioned this a couple of podcasts ago. The the goat debate is a is just a political game. It, is it a doesn't bit, yeah, matter what Simmons, was yeah. done on the freaking court. Now, like it doesn't matter. We have seen greatness from both of these guys, and it's just personal opinion. What you preferred? Some people love the killer mentality. Some people love the fact that LeBron has been doing this for ever and ever and ever. You know, that's, that's where I tend, but I, I understand the other agreement. That's why the world seems to be so split on these guys. Um, and it's just, it's a fun debate. Um, I try not to get too heated about it, but uh, LeBron James with the goat. Let's, uh, let's, <laughs> let's, let's end it there. <laughs> well, 
Anyway, Nick, Scotty <laughs> Pippen, I put to you the the star of episode two and mm-hmm. probably one of the more integral second 2A superstars in NBA history, was more important to Jordan's success than coach Phil Jackson. Mm. That's a that's a tough one. Obviously, like, MJ's relationship with, with Phil Jackson was tremendous. You know, we saw even in this documentary saying, if Phil's not going to be there, I'm not going to be there. You know, uh, Phil... I guess to an extent challenged and and personified exactly what MJ was looking for in a coach the the hard mentality you know the um, the the effort give it all it's got um, sort of grit sort of coach and I, I completely understand it from that respect but Phil doesn't Phil doesn't is not on the court I mean not between the lines anyway he's 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 out of the lines. Um, and so I would probably lean towards uh, Scotty Pippen being being more integral for um, uh, for for Jordan's success for sure. So I'm I'm probably leaning towards a, a Twits uh, no, not a Twitsky a Wikipedia Witsky. fact a Witsky yep. Wikipedia fact here because uh, it's un- undeniable that I I don't think uh, I don't think any other coach would have gotten the success of two three peats. Right. It might have just been one three-peat and maybe another championship. Um, but then I don't... I Without Pippen, I don't think any of that happens. I don't uh, think a single three-peat happens. Well, yeah, and MJ said himself, you know, whenever they speak Michael Jordan, they should be mentioning Scotty Pippen. 100%. That. Like, that is... Yeah, it cr- criminal. It's criminal how underrated Scotty Pippen uh, is. And yeah. that's because he was next to the greatest. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know my thoughts. <laughs> I do, I do, and and I mean, I I'm probably with you on it, Nick. I I think that if we're dissecting how each of them impacted the MJ and how they elevated him and how they you know allowed him to be the greatest player, one of the greatest players of all time, Scotty did so in a way where he was just an all rounder. He was mm. so damn good at everything. A tremendous defender, so humble as well. Like just the way that he conducted himself over his career, even though you know uh, he signed, you know he signed that, you know that small deal, deal and the way he conducted himself over those first those those first five championship years was quite commendable. Um, Just uh, an an unsung hero. I mean. Unsung is not quite because he because people do incredibly rate Scotty Pippen, but it's it's not nearly to the point of people wouldn't know who Scotty Pippen was. Chelsea doesn't like my girlfriend doesn't know who Scotty Pippen is, and mm. Scotty should be not as famous as MJ, of course. But geez, it should be when people like like MJ said when people say Michael Jordan, they should be saying Scotty Pippen too, and only basketball fans say Scotty Pippen. Yeah, and I, and I guess the case for Phil Jackson is is obviously how malleable and how in tune he was with MJ and mm. the rest of his team to be able to get the most out of them. Now, yep. I'm sure we'll see plenty more of it, and obviously we know of his success uh, with Kobe as well. He's just he's a superstar whisperer in, in a lot of ways that I, I would probably well he he, he he connects with those sorts of players, the ones who are going to give one hundred percent and more. You know, yep. uh, the ones who will, who have that killer mentality, who, who, 
you know, don't take defeat as learning exercises, but as, you know, personal affronts to them, you know, like every defeat hurt. Yeah, um, and, and, and that is a mentality that I, I, I guess that um, Phil Jackson was able to manipulate. It's not the right word, but, you know, fully... Uh, f- Coerce. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, there's... Uh, and I think that there's moments throughout, and, you know, we'll see throughout the documentary. I think the, the main thing is that he also installed, you know, one of the most famous offensive playing systems ever that mm. allowed not just MJ to thrive, but everyone to thrive in that system. Mm. And, you know, without the triangle, would we have seen the best of MJ? Would we have seen MJ be a more willing teammate? I don't know. So I think that... I'm making the argue for Phil Jackson, but I still do believe it's Scotty Pippen. But Nick, we'll stick with Scotty and MJ. And I put to you, Scotty and MJ wouldn't have lasted together in today's modern NBA. Uh, are, you, are you talking more about uh, how the game's like, played or how player, I guess, personalities have changed? So correct. If they had, it, okay, it's the, yeah, okay. It, it's the personality, it's the mm. media climate, it, it's all of that, you know. If, like we saw in episode two, you know, if Scotty, Scotty would be gone. He would have been gone long ago. I think uh, so, make, yeah. Making all those claims and stuff. So I put to you, would they have lasted together in the modern NBA, Nick? I think so. They, uh, sorry, I don't think okay. so. Because uh, they, like you said, I mean, team, team, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, loyalty yeah. is... Not quite a thing of the past, but it's not nearly as touted on as it was. You know, the um, the world is a lot more connected, and so a lot of the teams feel a lot more connected. There's not that there's not that disconnect uh, that you would get. You know, like divisions don't mean divisions mean fuck all now. Whereas you know, in the inception of the NBA, that was a, that was a big deal. Like topping your division, there's a reason why you know. In the the nineties, the nineties Wizards jackets have uh, division championships because that's all we've got. You know, once upon a time, people gave a crap about division championships. You know, um, even even we're seeing now the call to to knock out conferences in the All Star game. You know, we're getting we're getting uh, more and more players skipping skipping college. You know, we had two. We had two players go to the G. Uh, two players, two college players go to the G League. Yep. Um, we've we had Lamelo Ball and and RJ Bar- No, not Barrett. Hampton. Um, Hampton. Hampton. <laughs> Get my RJs confused. Um, <laughs> uh, go to Australia. We've seen Luca, the number three pick, three, four, four. It's um, hard. It's, I always get confused because it's like was Trey higher? Was Luca? Yeah, higher? I know. Like yeah. it's yeah, they'll forever be linked. Um, you know, come from uh, come from the Spanish league, and so not only is the United States more connected in the way that they view basketball and the way that news is is I guess transmitted, but the entire world is more connected to the NBA. Uh, we're seeing more and more international players, and so the whole I guess proud nature of you know this guy's from this college or this guy's from this state, you know he should be playing for the Boston Celtics. This very proud, loud and proud club. And where those clubs will still keep their prowess, their um, their lure as a as a big club with big history, the the draw for uh, the the draw isn't the same. It's not the same as it was back in MJ's day. You know, that being said, Chicago were quite a small um, small market team until 
till MJ, MJ <laughs> until MJ happened. Um, but yeah, it's it, I, I I don't think the the loyalty would be there. You know, it's not a big deal to move uh, to move to a different team now. But back in the day, to break up that duo would have been absolute criminal. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I think going it from the the media aspect, and we've seen sort of. Kevin Durant's come out, or not necessarily come out, be reported because he hasn't really said anything about you know his disdain for how Steph was getting a lot of love from the the reporters and sort of the the duo superstar is alive and well you know in today's NBA it's you know it's Russ it's James Harden it's Anthony Davis it's LeBron James it's KD and Kyrie so that is still alive and well but Scotty got little credit and little compensation obviously some of that is his own fault and we'll get to that i guess a little bit in our sort of next topic but you know i think by that stage in that season he's gone you know before the 97 98 season if scotty's like you know you know what f you jerry f you chicago i'm not going to get this surgery i uh, i'm i'm going to have my summer as he said mm. then a, a gm is immediately like nah you're out of here we'll get you for you know chump change yeah. And ultimately, thank, we'll, we'll obviously see how it progresses and everyone essentially does know how it turns out. But yeah, I think in the modern landscape of how media reporting is and how you know NBA Twitter is, you know, it would be a completely different climate around those two. And I think Scotty probably would have been even more jealous, probably even earlier, mm. um, with, with the probably the clout that MJ would have gotten. But we alluded to it a little bit earlier, Nick, and we were sort of chatting about uh, Jerry Krause himself, the, the former Bulls GM, RIP to the great man. And he said, and this is the quote we're going to chat about, players and coaches don't win championships, organizations win championships. Or he had a loan in there somewhere. I don't know. I don't want to misquote him as he said, but that's the quote. <laughs> <laughs> that's the quote now. Um, and this was, it's all about timing, isn't it, Jack? It is. Um, because this went down obviously extremely poorly. Uh, given the animosity between Pippen and, uh, I guess, Jerry and the players. Um, Basically, yeah. And so this obviously went down very poorly, but I agree oh, to an extent. To an extent. I do agree to an extent. You need... Because he did... He orchestrated the trades. You know, the owner, the owner brought Jerry in. Jerry then brought Phil... Uh, Jerry then brought Phil in. You know, he brought him in as a an, an assistant coach uh, back in the day to the Bulls. You know, it's 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 a myriad of decisions and choices that were made. You know, one to draft MJ, who went third. Yeah, third. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, it might be a little bit naive from me, and, and I'm sure this was a very well-known fact. When I saw the footage on Last Dance of him going third, I was just like, surely he didn't go third. Like, well, this, this, I, I, I feel like that, that would be very common knowledge to, um, to MJ fans. Be like, oh, yeah, this guy went third. Like, the fact that he got caught, cut from his varsity team, like, that's very well-known. I knew that. Yeah. And it's just like the greatest player of all time got cut from his varsity team, you know. And the same thing, like he went third in the draft. I couldn't believe it when I was watching it on the documentary. I'm like, oh, surely he went first. Anyway, that's that's a bit of ignorance on, on on my behalf. But then it was a decision to draft Michael Jordan. You know, yeah. like that's... And no one knew what he was going to be at that point. You know, I've heard an interview... I'll, I've argue, heard, I, I'll argue against that, Nick. I think it sort of fell into Jerry's lap. I agree with you with the decision to... 
install you know this weird sort of weird sort of dude weird as as a positive and a general term because you know larry uh, phil jackson isn't the most cons- uh, he's he isn't the most you know normal sort of, like you don't he's not a, a a normal sort of dude when it comes to coaching he doesn't live and breathe it he's a more well-rounded guy he loves his books he's he's more in tune with just things outside of basketball and the decision for me that really made sense and and really mattered was trading up for Scotty Pippen which is unheard of for mm. a guy who wasn't at a you know division one school and you know we now know about Steph and CJ McCollum these guys it's a lot easier to figure that out now when you have 20 30 scouts international scouts living overseas you know, you've got endless footage on YouTube and mm. synergy but you had to know and you had to go this guy I know what he's going to be he's going to be a star that decision and then you're know, trading Charles Oakley you know which is a incredibly tough decision to trade the best friend of your superstar for a guy that fits better and help win you a championship i agree with the premise of the 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 quotes but the video that i had attached uh, and and i mean it was from the uh, the the documentary as well it's it was a slight to the players oh 100 percent that that is 100 percent correct i agree with that because of the timing and i mentioned that yeah it's just the timing of all this happened. It was 100% a slight to the players. But it's not false. True. It's not... It's. You're right, it is true. It's, it's not false. <laughs> it's not it's false. Not <laughs> false. <laughs> it's definitely true. Um, yeah, it's... It, there was just a whole bunch of decisions that went into creating this team. And then the stability to keep it around for seven years. Seven and a half it was a year and a half that it was two seasons that he took off. Yeah, uh, yeah season and a half. Yeah, yeah. Um, for eight years, this the 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 consistency of that in a from a front office perspective, even in a business sense, you look at any business and you have kept the same team more or less the same core around for eight years. That is a stable team, and that is one that can get on very very well together. That is an incredible achievement from a front office perspective. But also, Nick, he was the guy who said that if you don't, even if you go eighty-two and zero, Phil, you're out of here. This is this ends now. Well, and yeah, then yeah, that's, <laughs> it's not good. I mean, it's, it's not, not good. good at all. Imagine, imagine like you going up to Scott Brooks. Imagine like you yeah, know, Tom that- Shepard going up to Scott Brooks. Scott, you're not going to be coached next year, even if you drag Bradley Beal and this team to eighty-two and zero. And that's just. That yeah, is one well, of the stupid. Yeah, of course, it's of course, it's it's Jerry Krause just wanting to play the big man and after eight seasons of that shit he was just like that's it i've had enough true i don't care and so sure like from a from a business decision it's not good obviously the fans if that happened it was like keep him around why not whatever you know it's working um but he just wanted to flex a little bit um i understand i understand that but the um you know like i i think of bob myers for golden state True. And how much praise he gets for um, for assembling this this oh my god formidable team is an understatement, um, and yet why is it not the same love? Why is it not the same you know level of admiration that other GMs get for for building their super teams? You know, a, a lot needs to go in to convince a player one if you're getting them a free agent to pick you two to convince other GMs that your trade is good enough for them whilst also benefiting yourself. 
And then obviously drafting MJ and becoming what he was, I will submit that 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 was an un that was an unknown quantity for I was sure. Lucky as shit. Of course, Hakeem, of course. Hakeem was always going to be number one. Yes. You know, in a, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. an era yeah. where big men are coveted, and you know, we saw the all the guys from Clyde Drexler down sort of say, you know, hey, oh, he's a six five guy. How is that? How are they going to win championships with that? But then Sam Bowie, obviously, because of Clyde Drexler, sorry, Walt Frazier, or well, Clyde Frazier uh, from the Knicks. But then they had Clyde Fra- uh, Clyde Drexler on Portland Trailblazers, which is why they were never going to uh, get. Uh, draft uh, MJ at number two but Nick I guess it's sort of you've led me in nicely to this next topic and we've got a couple of Draymond topics here he was uh, he was talking your <laughs> boy Draymond was talking he's mate. talking yeah he's, he's he's bored he's bored in isolation uh, who, isn't, sure. who isn't these days but <laughs> not me when I'm doing this with you but and you alluded to it just a tad so I'm going to take over the two greatest teams ever were built on bad contracts yeah. I, a la Scottie Pippen a la Stephen Curry. I was going to make this parallel because, uh, yeah, Curry obviously went down with that groin injury, I think ankle. it was. Or ankle, 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 that's right, ankle. Um, and then subsequently signed a shitty, shitty contract and then blew up to be, it's a little bit different, uh, blew up to be one of the best, the, the sorry, one of, the best the shooter best. of all time. I mean, shit. <laughs> Who's, I mean... I don't know. I don't. I didn't see that coming. Obviously, like Steph Curry wasn't exactly a household name when he uh, when he signed that contract, um, and you just sort of and you just sort of luck into these things. It's, I I the the luck thing is is really is really funny Underrated. because um, I remember listening to a, a Zach Lowe podcast about uh, uh, he was interviewing the GM for the Bucks, and Lowe asked, "He's like, oh, did you know? Did you did you because?" Uh, he went to see Antetokounmpo in Greece a, a few times when he was playing there and Low asked him, like, did you know he was going to be what he was going to be? He's like, no. No one, there's no way to tell. That's why when MJ was drafted, there was no feasible way to know that these guys are going to, to progress in the way that they do. Uh, and so he completely admitted that Antetokounmpo, drafting Antetokounmpo was a complete luck um, to be, obviously you know arguably the greatest player in the game at the moment um obviously a lot of people's mvp um but yeah anyway back to the back to the point uh it's fact <laughs> I mean, it's, you have yeah. to you need to have bad contracts in there you need to have lucky contracts like that because you can't build the whole point of the salary cap is you can't pay seven players max deals that's the that's point it. of the salary cap and you know it led to them obviously Getting Kevin Durant because Stephen yeah. Curry was on a four-year, forty-four million dollar deal. Right. If players, Pippen. if players were completely out for the championships, then they would be like, "Yep, we'll assemble the greatest team. I'll, I'll take a pay cut for a year. I'll go ten mil. Why not? You get Kevin yeah. Durant, LeBron James. You get James Harden. You, it's essentially build an all-star game. If they're all willing to take uh, pay, massive pay cuts, then, but they won't. They won't do that because who, who's going to say goodbye to? 25 million goddamn dollars sometimes like in some exactly. cases and 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 i think i think it's a wiki i don't think it's a straight up fact because i think that there is more to than just bad contracts you know when it comes to the bulls it's i think it's more the term that you referred to nick where it's luck you know you, you luck into this stuff they got lucky that kevin durant was a free agent they got lucky that Draymond. you know if they they got lucky that you know the the year that they were down they lost the 3-1 to uh, got two 
Golden State after being up 3-1 against them. Mm. If they had won that series, does Kevin Durant stay? You know, apparently Kendrick Perkins thinks they wouldn't have been they wouldn't have thrown it because of him, but you know, we might chat about that <laughs> on a future episode. I had a lot of Kevendrick Perkins things I was gonna chuck in here, oh, but I can't Of course, of course, your mate. Can't can't put it in right now. It's the drama <laughs> episode, uh, and, and the last dance episode for today. But I, I agree with you, but I think it's more luck and I think it a lot of it is, you know, general team building, chemistry, all that sort of stuff. You know, the the sort of just the it that just gets you there to, to winning a championship is, is something that is sure. But when your greatest uh, when your greatest player is on absolute tuppence, it yeah. it helps things. <laughs> it does, it does and you know, obviously Steph had always oozed talent. It's the reason why he fell to seven in the draft. You know, he was probably as talented as, as the other six guys that were drafted mm. ahead of him. You know, he he should have gone to Minnesota. You know, he he should have ahead of Johnny Flynn. And like, what a Damn stupid move that Johnny is. Flynn. Ricky, Ricky Rubio and Stephen Curry. That would have been a lot of fun. I would have loved that team. I probably would have gone for Minnesota like Kieran if that was the case. But we'll stick with Draymond. And the Chuck feud is ongoing. And Draymond had his say. And he said that Charles Barkley is, quote, jealous of him that he has more impact on basketball than Charles Barkley does. Nick, <laughs> are you team Chuck or are you team Draymond? Uh, I'm team... I'm- I'm, I'm sitting on the fence. <laughs> ah, you bum! <laughs> no, no, I'm definitely team Chuck. I mean, come on, Draymond. What are you doing, mate? <laughs> oh, God. He doesn't shut up. And this is, you know, one of the, obviously the reason you hate him. Um, and it's one of the reasons I dislike him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that his play on the court, you know, far surpassed, you know, I had a lot of respect for what he did on the court. Uh, from a leadership standpoint, but now this is starting to wane very quickly, uh, as is his basketball ability, so I guess that makes sense. Um, Just give it up, dude. You're not better than Charles Barkley. You never will be better than Charles Barkley. It's just... Oh, man. It's it's like... He feels like he's... uh, It feels like he's just a a dog, like up, up against a corner right now. He's just like getting prodded by Charles Barkley's. Uh, and like that's his greatest threat right now. Would be like, dude, <laughs> come on! I don't. I get mean, it. impact wise, I'll make an argument. I, I think it's it's when we do podcasting, it's always good to get the the full picture and and allow the people to make their own decisions. So, impact wise, the impact that Draymond had is immense. Sure. You know, he revolutionized defense. Yep. Uh, you know, him and Steph as the sort of the, the pick and roll duo and tandem they have. Draymond's offensive skills as a player and ball handler are, are, are tremendous. Mm-hmm. But Chuck is one of the best, I don't know, 40 players in the history of the game. If it wasn't for MJ, he'd probably have a chip. You know, obviously Draymond I mean. uses that rings. against him quite a bit. It's the rings it, argument and it's bullshit. I know, Nick. I know. It is- I know. Makes me so mad, Jack. It does, <laughs> it Nick. It so does. I, and I don't want to keep going on about it, so I'll, I'll go back to, to Charles Barkley. But the argument like you made for Charles Barkley is that he's just a better basketballer. Yes, and of course he, he is. is. He is a tremendously more talented basketballer. Impact-wise, Draymond lucked into it. You know, we talked, we've talked... Luck is a, another sure. running theme of this episode. Draymond gets drafted by the Sacramento Kings. Draymond's probably out of the league within <laughs> five, six seasons. He, oh, the, the I mean, sh- I don't know. I don't know about that, Jack. I, I'm I being mean, hyperbolic for the not- sake of being hyperbolic, <laughs> obviously, Nick. But I think that if he is outside of the Golden State system, 
Draymond isn't making anywhere near the impact that he is. He's Draymond's not winning in- chips. That's for he's not. He, he's not. We've had this discussion before, but like the Trey, the the Draymond v the Dre v Clay uh, yeah, argument yeah. that we've had, and I still have faith that Draymond Green can lead a team. He's very Good outspoken. Uh, obviously, his def- his defense gives him gets him a lot of respect, and his ability to set up his teammates is one of the best was one of the best in the league. Um, and so you compare him with a lot of players to make things work, but that's the key, Jack. You got to pair him with players. He's and not doing this shit by himself. Exactly. And, and before we do move on to a couple of more points from Draymond and, and all the stuff he's been saying on Twitter mm. and on podcasts this week is like you mentioned with impact, his impact is dependent on others. Charles Barkley's impact was never dependent on others. He was a sole force that could impact by himself alone. Similarly, and I think other players impact. I, I don't think that Steph and, and Clay would have been. Obviously, their three point their three point uh, shooting system was a system. Yeah, it was like they're always going to have opportun- opportunities to shoot. But I don't think that floor would have been nearly as spaced as well if it was with someone else other than Draymond Green. I think Draymond Green elevated uh, Clay and Steph uh, as well, as well as them elevating him. Like they definitely leaned off each other. Let's not take all the credit away from Draymond Green. He's just not as good as he's just not as good as Charles Barkley. God no, and you know Steph is a singular force as well. Steph is going to go down as one of the twenty, fifteen, ten, however many best players of all time. But uh, Nick Draymond was also he didn't he wasn't standing up for Steph and Maverick Carter he's you know business manager and you know head of Clutch well a part of Clutch Sports was saying that he would cook Steph because Steph can't play defense and I put to you Nick that Draymond should have stood up for his teammate Steph Curry when Mav was going in on him on his defense. I mean of course yeah it's, it's, uh, he doesn't just, say anything he just like is... let's like if that was if okay let's just say. Nick Nick Fay of the OTG outlet and Brooklyn Buzz fame is going in on Nick Busing. He's like, you know, that Nick Busing doesn't do any research, doesn't prepare at all for his podcast. As true as it may be, <laughs> I would stand up for you. Still, I would be like, all right, man, all right, cool. Like, I do podcasts with you, and I know you're an important part of my life as well. But uh, Nick Busing's my guy. Like, you know, you got to chill out a little bit. It's just like one. It shows little friendship. Like, he's your yeah. friend, man. I mean, like, it's, it's, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't oh. matter how true it is. You gotta stand in your, you gotta, you gotta back your guy, you know, you gotta show that you're, you're standing with him. Plus, Maverick Carter <laughs> is, is completely on one. Like, oh, Steph uh, is, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that this specific situation is true, true. but even if it was true, it doesn't matter. True. And, I mean, that was just what I wanted to touch on. Steph Curry, obviously, is a lot better defense. <laughs> if Maverick Carter, with his newly gray beard, is going to cook somebody, he's probably cooking some goddamn, I don't know, cooking something that isn't Steph and Curry, for God's sake. But last one, Nick, and it sort of relates a little bit to Brooklyn Bits, a little bit to uh, the superstar Kevin Durant. KD should have handled his last year in Golden State differently. Mm. Draymond from the Draymond again. What are, you, what are you basing this one off, mate? Just uh, what we know, or is there any more information that came out about his last year? Well, he was essentially just saying that Kevin should have come out. He was the elephant in the room. He should have said that he was leaving. Blah, 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 blah. And then 
uh, funnily enough, uh, my guy Nick Faye, a guy who I was just uh, giving a lot of shit to, um, <laughs> retweeted a, a video into uh, our group chat where it was when Draymond Green was actually asked about Kevin Durant's free agency, he's like, he doesn't, doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't owe the team anything. So it's just like, you're deliberately contradicting yourself in a way that is out there for people to see. You had an interview on the jump with Rachel Nichols saying that you don't care. But now that you're in quarantine and you're talking about it on a podcast with some former players, you're acting all tough and stuff. It just, one, no player, let alone Kevin Durant, owes their team anything. Their individual choice of where they want to work at a, at a basketball organization, they don't have to tell anyone. When has anyone ever told anyone and gone, all right, guys, this is my last year here. Uh, I'm going to bugger off to, to Brooklyn next year. Or I'm not, I just don't want to be here anymore, to be fair. And, you know, Steve Kerr said he tried to cultivate like a last dance sort of atmosphere in Golden State because he had a feeling that was going to be the case. But he doesn't owe anyone anything. And the fact mm. that Draymond thinks that he does, it just proves that Draymond's... Uh, Draymond is the epitome of salt bay's salt and, and the, the beef that needs so much salt. Like, I feel like salt bay would run out of salt if he were to be basting Draymond Green. He was a little bit deluded, for sure, to thinking to think that, that he owed, or KD owed Golden State, you know, anything. Again, this comes back to what we talked about before. The loyalty in teams is not, it's not quite there. He wasn't there for long enough. He, he, he came in, won them two championships, and two, one. Two. Two. It was two. Man, get my years crossed. I mean, I'm going crazy in self-isolation. Um, it, it's, and uh, uh, yeah, and I'm not one to uh, talk about hypocrisies here because I would hate it if we had avid fans go back through the crazy shit I've said <laughs> and compare it to what I'm saying now. Uh, I feel like the only thing that I've stayed true on is LeBron is the greatest of all time, and that I don't think that's leaving me anytime soon. We'll see what the the rest of the last dance documentary happens. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll leave that one open. But uh, uh, yeah, so I <laughs> I'm not going to take this little hypocrisy uh, too seriously because people do change their minds. People say things in the heat of the moment. Um, what they you know they're not always in the right headspace um you know million things can affect someone's response especially on a tv on a tv show uh do i personally think kd should have handled his last year any differently hmm it's hard it's uh, i think potentially yes but i don't think he has the capability of doing that because he's not really a charismatic guy and so he should have not been cold shouldering the whole discussion of free agency um, but then obviously being all open, completely open and honest about it is not quite a way to do it as well. Um, and th- that it comes with a bit of social intelligence to find out how to approach that something which he, I, I don't think he's very strong at. And so I don't think he actually can, it would have been capable of handling any differently. So he probably handled it the best way he could have, uh, but it definitely can be handled. Um, it definitely could be handled better. Uh, yeah, opening mean. up, opening up a little bit, maybe saying you know your your stock standard press phrases, um, but he was very adamant on never talking about it, on you know um, deliberately uh, being blasé about it, and that was infuriating to Draymond Green at least, but uh, no doubt to the rest of his teammates. 
Yeah, and maybe if Drummond didn't call him a bitch, he would have stuck around and maybe been a bit more <laughs> Potentially, honest Potentially, for sure. And funnily yeah. enough, Drummond is the one that recruited Kevin Durant, the one that was uh, all salty and, and in his feelings and had to text had to text him in the parking lot after LeBron mm. absolutely whooped his ass and after he Ooh, yeah. you know, kicked uh, someone in the ball. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to... It's the Draymond hate <laughs> episode for me today. I gave him a lot of hate on the Brooklyn Buzz as well. So make sure you subscribe to that and, and all the podcasts on the OTG Network and iTunes, Spotify and all the rest. But, Nick, we got Wizards Woes. So uh, do you know how to... Can you play the music or do we want to sing it again? Or um, sing it? I, I, I think I... I think I can play the music. Hold on, let me let me let me give it a go. You just have to be perfectly silent. That's the only. I mean, it's hard for you. I know that's hard for you, but you need to be perfectly silent. Okay, here we go. Wizard, wizards, woes. The Washington Wizards make a noise. I drank some bleach all the way down to the blue, and now I'm starting to feel like Harry Potter. Bang! A bit of wizards woes music for you, Jackie boy. You can speak. Yay! Um, Luke, <laughs> uh, Luka Doncic is not better than Bradley Beal right now, Nick. And I got this from some random tweet because why not? Let's chat about it. This is the only Wizards news that we have <laughs> right now. And when I... I hadn't even read this document. Spoiler alert, I don't do my prep. Um, I... I, I, I mentioned to Jay, he's, he's like, oh, you know, we've got a Wizards Woes today. He's like, oh, beautiful. You really had to scrape the bottom of the barrel, you, you know, really go into the doldrums of the internet to get that one. He's like, yeah, pretty much. And now I'm reading it, Jack. <laughs> and now I'm reading it. Why? Why are we talking about this? Well, I think it's to put into context of how good Luka Doncic is. And, you know, Bradley Beal is tremendous. For Top- sure fringe top 10 player we've discussed that on a previous episode yeah more likely a top 15 player you know that's where the range that Corey and i had him in our top 50 we had luca around you know and if we were to do it now he'd be top five to top eight range he is a singular force like i've mm-hmm. sort of mentioned I'm, I'm i'm saying that because by singular force i mean you have if you have that one person and you have other pieces around him, you're a championship contender. Mm-hmm. And I think in coming years, that is what Luca is going to be. I think Bradley Beal is the ultimate number two, a la maybe like a Paul George or uh, like a Kyrie Irving back in the day when he was in Cleveland, which is why you know, hopefully that does turn out our way uh, with Kevin Durant alongside him. So I think that there is just the ceiling. You know, we've, we've seen Bradley Beal's ceiling. He's not getting better, but his best is already Ooh. tremendous. You don't. You think Bradley Beal's going to get better? I think he can get better. Eh, what do you mean? He's like twenty five. It's not twenty five. Like twenty seven. I'm looking this up. Yeah, two years. What? What's two years between friends? He's twenty six. <laughs> he's almost twenty seven. There we go. Um, yeah. So he's twenty seven in June. So happy birthday. And this um, is when you normally peak, though, for play. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't know, Jack. I'm I'm not I'm not a hundred percent on board with that take. I'm not a hundred percent on the board that he's he's peaked. I th- but but I don't by peak. I don't mean that he can't sustain this and that he's going to go backwards. You know, I spoke about this on the Kyrie Irving season review on the Brooklyn Buzz um, with, with Nick and, and Matt Brooks in the fact that is has Kyrie Irving peaked and are we going to see him reach another level? You know, get back to a, a championship level, get back to you know, a superstar level, you know, is he going to be healthy enough? I think Bradley Beal obviously has proven, you know, it's funny, when we started this podcast, the main thing about Bradley Beal was, is this guy going to stay healthy? Hmm. And now he's just so damn fucking durable, he's like leading the league <laughs> yeah. in minutes in a, in a lot of seasons. So yeah. he's put that 
narrative to bed and mm. you know tucked it in and it's had plenty of nice streams about it that's for damn sure but Luka Doncic is an MVP caliber player this mm. year in his second year yeah. he has potential to be the best player in the league Bradley Beal's never going to have that Bradley Beal's always going to how much higher do you think he can get Nick can you can he push no I mean he's not going to reach the heights of Luka Doncic then that's I think that's the key point um is Bradley Beal better than uh Luka Doncic right now it depends when you ask me you ask me right now that I've had time to reflect on the season and I say no Luka Doncic is better but I bring this up again and I brought this up when we talked about Bradley Beal uh in another Wizards Woes uh, I think it was about him uh, is all-star snub or greatest player or top five player because after his all-star break, and you'll know, you'll know this, Jack, because yes, I've mentioned this. Since the all-star break, he averaged 36 points. And so after he got snubbed on his all-star, he came out and he is fucking destroying the league. And you can say that Luka Doncic impacts winning more. I, I mean... Sure, if you're looking at raw winning numbers, sure. But then the lineups around Bradley Beal are shit ass. We've got a crappy, uh, we've got a crappy, uh, what's it called? Um, defense. Culture, well, yeah, defense, but culture in the team. Like we've got a losing culture in our, um, in our team, and Bradley Beal hates it. Um, you know, moods are down in Washington, and that definitely affects winning. Um, but if we're to- just talking what he does has done on the court. I can't speak highly enough of what Bradley Beal did post-All-Star break. And so if we're looking at that, then yeah, sure, Bradley Beal's better. But on the whole, Doncic has proved enough in these two years to catapult himself into just absolute stardom. Yeah, and uh, it's funny how we were able to somehow drag that out to like four to six minutes off a <laughs> pretty dumb super topic. But, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was pretty dumb. <laughs> But Nick, I'll shut up so you can play the Brooklyn Bits music. Oh, Brooklyn Bits music. All right, hold on. I wasn't ready for this one. I didn't. Okay. All right, we're ready. It's uh, it's a shame, Jackie boy, because Just you you can't do the woo, and woo, it's woo, woo. uh, it's it's. I mean, it's a killer. It's a killer. You can't do the woo. Uh, but we are, but I can do the woo. So woo, woo, woo. And you can do your woo now. Woo, woo, woo. There we go. (laughs) Nick, Ty Lu is an ideal head coaching fit in Brooklyn. Mm, Ty Lu, Lu, Lu. Not bad, not bad. Um, Why? (laughs) Oh, wow. You're anti-Ty. I'm just... Your Why? anti. Ah, ah, yeah, I got ah. it. It's clever. It's, it's good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why, Jack? Is because he's won a championship before? Is it, uh, you so, know, he knows how to deal with big egos or lack thereof, you know? I think it's I think it's a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B, as we mm. uh, like to reference Simpsons on numerous occasions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick and Nick Faye, a uh, co-host of the Brooklyn Buzz and I, really dissected sort of Ty Lue and some other names as Mark Stein reported that you know, Ty Lue is one of the candidates as is Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, Jason Kidd, all these sort of guys uh, in and current interim head coach Jacques Vaughn. Mm. And for me, Ty Lue out of all those names, and I put a poll out there and Ty Lue was the overwhelming favourite out of all the followers that, of mine that did vote. Uh, I think he almost got like 56, 57% of the vote. For me, the reason why is what you said. 
He's won a championship before. He has dealt with Kyrie before. Even though just like a month ago, Kyrie was apparently not in... And I said this, this is going to be so fluid, the nature of the head coaching job and head coaching race in Brooklyn, that within two weeks, we could be like, nah, Tolo doesn't want it anymore. He wants to stay as an assistant (laughs) in in Clipperland. It's Mm. going to change. But out of the candidates that were mentioned, goddamn yes. But I think that there could be a name like a Mark D'Antoni could become available. I agree, Popovich could become available. This is... These are things that we've chatted about on the buzz in depth. And the reason why Ty Lu, and I'll say it again, and this is via Richard Jefferson, he said that Ty Lu, in the history of his playing career since high school, is one, is the first or second best coach he's had, and he's also been coached by Greg Popovich, in terms of everything, including X's and O's. And that's what you want. You want Ty Lu, who is a guy who's won a championship before, he knows how to manage personalities, he's dealt with LeBron, he's dealt with Kyrie, not without controversy. Mm. But I think Ty Lube would be not an ideal fit, so I'll give this a Twitter because I'm not set anywhere in stone on, on who I want. I mean, I want Greg Popovich, but uh, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> but ideal is strong, uh, but it's not without some merit, so give me Twit. Very nice, Jackie boy. Um, I will uh, leave your opinion hanging there. and uh, Not bad. That's, uh, I mean... Go listen to the Brooklyn Buzz. I mean, you you want to hear more Jackie Boy and and you know the lesser Nick uh, talk Whoa! about uh, yeah that's right <laughs> I went there. Uh, talk Wait, do about I have to Bro- stand up for Nick Faye now because I just <laughs> said that before about you with Matt Carter? I've sent yeah. Nick I mean Faye, I like- yeah I mean I'm going to be throwing shade at Nick Faye now. This there's, there's, it's it's undeniable. Uh, it's a Nick if- war. If that <laughs> if that medium is through a podcast that no one listens to, then so be it, Jack. <laughs> I love then it. Then so be it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's spiel. Spiel, spiel, spiel. Let's spiel. Um, All right, so that just about does it for another week. So we'd just like to say thank you for tuning in to Just Ball Things. You can catch us on the Nothing But Net Dash Radio channel. As always, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a like, follow, subscribe, all of the other things. And the rating and review, that's what I was going for. That's the one you want. Google Podcasts as well, we're available there. Uh, Pocket Cast, Player FM, Spreaker, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. Uh, remember, it's you guys that make the show great, so we appreciate any and every post heading our way. So until next week, keep washing your hands and social distancing, superstars. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.